Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Marianne. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, we are so excited to have director John McPhail on the show. He directed the zombie Christmas musical and on the apocalypse. And his latest film, Dear David, is out on October 13th. Welcome to the show, John. Oh, we're so excited to have you. Oh, hey guys, thanks very much for having me. We're so excited to chat with you. We had, we had Terry's not wearing a shirt from your movie or anything right now. Like whatever. <laughs> oh my god, I love that shirt. Not to like... not to fangirl or anything, but uh, I am a huge fan. I, I know I love it. <laughs> nice class. <laughs> but okay, so you're here for for Dear David. Can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about the the movie in case they're not aware of it? Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm going to get the those up. There's a, a lovely synopsis. Uh, shortly after comic book artist Adam, played by Augustus Prue, um, responds to internet trolls, he begins to experience sleep paralysis, which in a, a, an empty rocking chair moves in the corner of his apartment. Um, and he chronicles the increasingly malevolent uh, occurrences in, in a series of tweets. Adam begins to believe that he's being haunted by the ghost of a dead child named David. And it's based on the viral Twitter thread um, by uh, BuzzFeed artist uh, Adam Ellis. So I was like, I followed this thread like a crazy person when it oh, came out. But I'm a, and I, I'm so I'm curious, John, like, did you know about it? Did you, did you follow it when it was first happening? Like, what was your relationship to it? Twitter thread, which is such a funny question to ask. Well, but... like, what was your relationship to this, to, to these <laughs> words on this? this <laughs> on the internet. Thing. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, I followed it at the time. Like I didn't discover it through Twitter or anything. It was like one of those back you know, clickbaits, the scariest thing on the internet. And I went click, click on you, hundred percent. And I clicked on it every time. Um, exactly. And you're like, right, come on, scare me internet. Um, and um, but yeah, no, like it really sort of drew me in. I I, I suffer from like some sleep psychosis myself. Oh. And I, I like I, I really I love comic books and stuff like that. So like like I love his his art. It was like really funny, and that kind of drew me in as well. I was like, what's this like funny in your face sarcastic guy doing? Terrible? And like this story, and that kind of right? came even more. And I was like, right, you know, and it, it, it as I say, just kind of get hooked in. But I totally forgot all about it until like the script landed on my desk, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I know this, I, I remember this, I was there, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I, um, I pitched for it, and I was lucky enough to get it. Yeah. So what was it? That's got to be such a it's such a weird like 2023 phenomenon. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily. That we're taking Twitter threads and making them. Into horror movies, like it is such a very 2023 thing. So, like, I know you said you had the script on your desk, but so, like, what was perhaps one of the bigger challenges for you in taking the subject matter and like the source material and making it into a movie? Well, like, 
like 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 to be honest guys like i like i always make films for people it's not for it's never for me it's never like oh my art like like i like I, like you know it's it's always for an audience it's, it's for people yeah. to go and enjoy and there's already an existing like fan base and like for this like this ip do you know what i mean and they've all got their own theories of what's happened and who david was and everything else and i'm going to just come in and ruin that like you know so like i'm terrified that i'm going to like be you know i'm going to upset so many people because again i, I make films to, for people to enjoy but yeah. um but like what well, like so one of the things I've, i tried to do as much as possible was try and like you know like you know, make the apartment as close to Adam's apartment as as we possibly oh, could. Yeah. The same color of the walls, and like yeah. you know, like do you know how easy it would have been just to have one cat? Like do you know how easy that? <laughs> like how much time that would have saved me? I was gonna say like you have to have the two cats, and the cats look yeah. very specific, <laughs> and you have to just like yeah. Well, the hanging boys is one of them. One of them only had um, uh, one of them was supposed to only have three legs, and I was like, I can't, I can't like go out and try and find like a cat, like a cat, the cat, another cat that's going to act with this cat, and that has one like you know has only got three legs. And I was like, could we, you know, put green tape on it and see? I was like, I'm not, not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. <laughs> But like um like and, and we did like a, a big deep dive on Adam himself, like um my 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 costume designer Olga, um she she would like stalked him like all the way back through like 2016, 17 to see kind of stuff what he was wearing, like you know, what what, what bags he was taking to work, you know, like things like that that like you know that Adam so Ellis creepy. fans will get. And you would kind of just have that like air of nostalgia from it. So, you know, obviously like that's uh like that's that's a personal problem undertaking that you know as i said yeah. you, you, you want to try and sort of as i said sort of do um uh and you know we we I, I, adam ellis is in the film like you know like he did come on to set for a couple of days and and oh, you know cool. we put, yeah, we, that's we put awesome. him in the background so so that was cool i'm always curious about directors who direct um spooky ghost stories do you have you ever had a um an interaction with a ghost or do you believe in ghosts oh my god my, my mom's a creepy bastard like oh she's so creepy like so um <laughs> she um she lives in a graveyard her and my dad like they like you know the old gravekeepers houses that we'd have like they live in a graveyard yeah uh she she always says like you know you don't know like it's the living you need to be more worried about than the dead you know but like that's that's like it's all like i've kind of grown up with like you know like a creepy mother uh who loves horror movies that's how i end up getting into horror movies is because of my mother um, and my gran as well my gran loved like horrors as well so i've always had that in my life like creepy stories I, I, my mom always used to talk about this when i was about you know one and a half two and um, we, we used to live in these big tenements in, in deniston and glasgow and they're really really old and like like cupboards are like you know like these big huge things like the, at the end of the hallway and uh, I used to go in and I used to talk to this wee boy in there. And my mother would be in the living room, like, you know, like terrified, like feeding feeding the baby, be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, just my wee friend. Like, she'd be like, ah. So, like, you know, that's as oh close to a ghost story as I've got. But, <laughs> oh, oh, I've got a funny, the hotel that we shot Dear David, uh, the hotel that we were staying in, that we were shooting Dear David, right, Um, claimed to be haunted, right? It's a, a hotel, it's in Burlington, right? Um, I'm sure it's like, and it's down by the water. I can't remember the name of it right, off the top of my head, right? But it's the reason I know it's, it's haunted is because one day I was sitting in the um, the foyer and I was waiting for someone to come down for a meeting, um, and it's about eight o'clock at night, and there's this this like group of people turn up, like led by this guy with a bald patch, like a huge bald patch on his head and a cane, and and he, and he wanders in and he's 
pointing about and the hotel staff are getting really upset behind the counter and stuff like that and people are like holding the maintenance guy back and eventually he goes up and he goes and he's like you can't be here and starts shouting at the guy with the cane he's like like i i can be here i've i've spoken to the manager and oh, i meant to say there's a wedding going on right now right so like you, oh, know, no. like, you know like 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 in like sort of the function rooms downstairs there's this wedding going on and um uh, and he says like i i i can be here like i i've spoken to the manager and the the maintenance guy goes, "What's the manager's name?" And, he, and the guy says, uh, I, "I I don't know. I can't remember his name." He goes, "Ha, see, she's a woman, right?" Um, uh, uh, and the the guy eventually like sort of shouts a couple of things and then turns and then walks out. And the maintenance guy shouts and points after him, saying, "Hey, see, look, he doesn't even need to use his cane. Like, you know, he's a fraud. He's stealing your money." And it turns out that he's, this guy does ghost tours, and like his favorite one is this hotel because apparently it's haunted. And in the basement and the stuff like that, it's really haunted. And the hotel staff do say, like, like it happens like every now and then. In one of the rooms, like the the bedding and the sheets will just be like like left strewn everywhere. Um, um, even though it's usually been checked, it's always guests that go go and check into the room and they go. There's someone. There's someone here because there's stuff all over the room. Wow! I love the drama that you got to witness yeah. in the lobby. Oh, of your- <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I was sitting there. and I was like, "This is like street theater." I just need some give me popcorn. my popcorn. Like, like, like oh, <laughs> yeah. like go on. Like the maintenance I, and like I, I, I was in that hotel for about two and a half months, so I got to know all the staff. And the maintenance guy is quite dramatic. Like, <laughs> I love, I love that. that they had to hold she's him back. She's a woman. <laughs> oh, see, she's a woman. I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? You're like, where's the camera, guys? We have a new movie on our hands. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. It was just this group of people who were really confused and getting told they were getting ripped off. And I, it's a haunted tour that the guest guy in Burlington huh. does, just goes around random places. Wow, wow. He's got his own wow. website. He's, he's, he's been on like like a, like loads of like spooky TV. You know, like ghost hunters <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Wow. That's incredible. But so, okay, so we start talking about you growing up watching horror because of your mom and your grandmother. So I want to hear more about like how you got into horror and like, was it always something around in your life as a kid? It sounds like. I, I know my mom, my mom loved Stephen King books. So like when like Stephen King movies came out, like we got all like all of them, um, like Children in the Corn and stuff like that. It terrified me as a child, like terrified me. But like other things as well, like she, like she loved John Carpenter movies. So like okay. the, the fog was like one that I remember seeing when I was really young, and like the, the scene in the boat where the head falls out, like it was like not, not the uh, the head, you know, like the, the the hands fall out. Like I remember like watching that before going to school because my mum used to tape them for me on like VHS. So they'd be on the TV the night before, and she'd tape them, and like I'd get it, and you know I was be sitting eating my cereal watching the fog like that, and then like <laughs> racing home to, to to go home and finish it. Um, but I'm talking about like like this was me as like you know like eight nine because like I, I, even like you know I remember like on a Saturday night you know my mum would pop her head around the door as you're getting ready for bed and she's like Night of the Living Dead starting on Channel Four and you're like thanks mum like you know like uh, so um, so yeah so I've always had that I've always had like you know horror movies and and just kind of like like whatever they liked like it was kind of like special for us like like going to the like going to the cinema is all was always a treat you only done that mm-hmm. for like somebody's birthday or something like you know it was like you know like you didn't yeah. go to the, just a random weekend or anything but we had like a like you had like, like a blockbuster card so we were able to rent like you know like cheap videos um uh, and we, like a friday night was like the best thing ever because like you'd wait for a friday night for my dad to come home from work 
and like we'd all go around to the video shop and you'd just be like, right, we get those three, those three videos, like there's one for like on a Friday night, one for me and my brother, one for my mum and dad. And then on the Saturday night, you know, we have that other one. And it was like the best thing ever. And you would just rent whatever crap was there. <laughs> like Wishmaster, yep. like, you know, Hellraiser, oh, yeah. like me and my brother like that. <laughs> so yeah. Um all, all the Freddy movies and yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Soft Ninja, like, you know, Blank Check. Ninja, yes. (laughs) Were your parents, um, did they let you watch whatever you wanted to as a kid? Or were were they a little more strict? No, like... Like, like this was the thing. Like, like I see nudity like like all the time because like we had British like comedy series like like the Carry On movies where like, there was just like tits and ass and everything everywhere. Like, yeah. So like there wasn't anything really to hate. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We never got anything like we any like sex scenes or anything like that. Well, we say that and we watch Terminator. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> no, we actually no. Um, I, I I don't think that it was ever anything like. Um, to be harmful or anything, I think because of like because it was me and my brother and we 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 liked it and we were sort of it didn't give us nightmares and like you know it wasn't torturing us and it was an enjoyment thing. Okay, so you weren't easily okay. you so you weren't like super easily scared because you were seeing it all, a lot, right? Then as a kid, no, I mean you still get scared, dude. You know? I mean you still get yeah. you know like okay. you know like that's the, the point of like a horror movie. If you were like totally oh, yeah. dead desensitized, you wouldn't watch them. You'd be like, why would I watch that? It does, that does nothing for me, you know. You know, like stuff that you know scare us, but like it didn't scar us where you were like terrified, couldn't go to sleep, or like wet in the bed. Yeah, right. Okay. So, you, do you still get scared then today watching horror movies? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like like that's the that's that's the fun of them. It's like like I'm not like a roller coaster guy, but like you know like like intense horror, like yes, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, not as nauseating. Well, yeah. for the most part. That depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends on movie. the movie, but for the most part. Well, then, what was the movie that scared? Like, what was the last movie that really got under your skin? Then, um, oh, I'm trying to think now. Um, I, 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 I was lucky enough in 2017 to see uh, Terrified at Fantasia. <laughs> you know the Argentinian horror movie. Yes. And, like, oh, yes. Um, like so, I got to see that in the cinema, and like we had an audience, <gasps> a horror audience, <gasps> where it was brilliant, so right? And then I got back to my hotel, um, you know, got ready, got to up my bed, everything was fine, and I turned off the light and I went, No, I can't, I can't, I can't just leave with the light. I'm about to put the light on and go to sleep. You know, these bedside light, like, it terrified me. Um, so you're gonna love his new movie when evil lurks, by the way. Eh, oh, I've been so excited to see what it's he does. It's even next. more fucked up than terrified. Yeah. So get ready not to hype it up too much but i we both just saw it recently and it's like holy shit he's not okay it's awesome you, was, as I, I take it is i got around the festival circuit just now yeah um yeah, we just, both uh, hit fantastic, fantastic fest. fest so yeah so i was actually love just in austin fest. i love fantastic fest oh, it's so fun but it's yeah it's really good it's really anyway. good so you'll love it because he really that like any issues you had with terrified he like i think he fixed with like writing and stuff oh, so it's really cool to see his work it's anyway yeah. <laughs> I'm, in I'm, I'm just in glad it. he's still making weird fucked up movies <laughs> me too me too okay well let's talk about the movie you brought with you today john yeah. what film is your scarred for life pick i brought with me today the wicker man <laughs> the, the wicker man 
okay. So Robin Hardy's finally, the Wicker Man. <laughs> Robin Hardy. Yes, very. I did text Terry before this. Like we were watching. It's the original one, right? Like I watched. Oh, yeah, the no, right- not, not the bees. The bees. So before we jump into our full discussion in the Wicker Man, a Puritan police sergeant arrives in a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl who the pagan locals claim never existed. Yeah. All right. So John, take us back. How old were you when you saw this? What about it scared you? Why is this your scarred for life pick? I want to hear your horror story. So I was nine years old. I was off school sick and I was on the couch, right? Like, you know, like my mom was going to work and she's like, I've, I've, I taped some movies for you last night. The first one was the original black and white Lord of the Flies, right? But she, the reason she set the VHS to record was because it was for the second movie. The Wicker Man. It's got a really good Scottish actor in it. You'll really like it. Right? Literally, it was like, cool, excellent. Put it on. Watch the fucking thing. And uh, I should come home. And she was like, you know, like, did, did you enjoy it? I was like, they burnt them. <laughs> like, they, they killed him. Like, 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 they, 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 they killed the guy. Like, like, and she's like, oh, I know. Like, I was like, the body's won, mum. The body's won. And she's like, yeah, that happens sometimes. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's how uh, I was. I introduced it, and I loved it from there. Like it, because it was just so weird, and it was anything. It was something completely different from what I seen. And like again, it blew my mind because I didn't realize that the goodies couldn't win. But that makes sense, you know, because of the age I was. It was like the goodies and the baddies, you know. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> my dad took me to, like a football game, and the first thing I saw, like, ah, who's the goodies and who's the baddies? Like you know, as a kid, that's your that like who like who what is this? That's you know. Like- Good and e- good versus evil is that like like that thing we learn like like that very like binary way of thinking of like good versus evil and good always wins especially in horror movies like from this time period there was a lot of like I'm a Catholic and there he is okay. like saying uh, hymns yeah. and all that yeah. and praying to Jesus cool. I like I mm-hmm. remember even saying my mum like he went to heaven though didn't he didn't he? he went to heaven because like he was a good Christian and that like he was oh. a good Christian like you know like like because like again that is what I am brought up with but they didn't mention anything about him going to heaven <laughs> do you know what I mean. Uh, oh yeah. no! Your poor little Catholic heart was like, "Yep." So what is happening now? Like, this is not what I'm used to seeing in movie in horror movies. Like, what do you mean he got burned alive <laughs> with a bunch of animals? Like, and I was thinking about that watching it, like how this movie really is like so different from that time period. I know we had like Night of the Living Dead has a really nihilistic ending and things like that, but here, like, we see this if we follow him the whole time we're like oh yeah he's a cop he's gonna make it it's gonna be great he's religious and then he does not and you're like hmm interesting even, even like you know like he doesn't tempt fate and you know like so he doesn't get a temptation and you know like like and he, he he's doing his best the whole way through and as you say he's the hero he's the protagonist he's who we follow yeah. the whole way through this journey um you know what i mean it's like not one frame that he's not really in do you know what i mean like yeah. it's and and because of like you know it was you know even paganism and all that like i never like i like understood any of that it was just these weird people do you know what i mean and, and these weird this you whole, didn't understand like, the, set, the orgy people. in the field no, <laughs> like, I, 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 all of that kind of like would have just went over my head like you know like yeah. you know, that whole like um calm yeah. here yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh like all of that would have just been like what is going on like what is this weird you know weird stuff well, um, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like seeing as as you said you were nine when you saw this. Yeah, nine. Being a nine year old who's been raised Catholic and this man is burning alive and he is literally praying to his God to be kind of saved at the last minute. 
and he doesn't he doesn't get saved at all he just burns up in the in the wicker man so i can imagine how earth shattering that would potentially be as a, as a nine-year-old i know it's uh I, like you know as i said like it just sort of opened my eyes to what what i, I was going to be expecting in in horror movies do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um because right. even just before that again being at school and come on i, I was a real no it's I was a weird kid at school, like, you know, like, I had long hair, I've all, I had long hair from, like, primary school, like, forever, like, right all the way up to graduation, so I was, like, the weird kid, and I've watched Lord of the Flies, and, like, the fat kid with the glasses, they have just smashed with the boulder, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, how can this happen? Like, you know, this right. shouldn't happen. They're supposed to get away at the end, you know? So, I suppose, it, I suppose it's... It started. It started ruining my childhood uh, there, and then just continued to to, to follow through. What an, what a fascinating concept of what a fascinating film to like really challenge your concept of good versus evil in the horror genre. Totally. <laughs> but Terry, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I was I was I was just curious. So you watched uh, Lord of the Flies and then went straight into this movie when you were watching? Yeah, they just ran like obviously it was like uh, my Ooh. mom would like tape. She just set the the V like the the yeah VHS tape recalled leave it on whatever channel it was um and it was lord of the flies in the wicker man wow that's a one-two punch right there <laughs> one day we're gonna have to we're, i want you to program that double feature for like alamo draft house or something like <laughs> john McHale, McHale experience <laughs> we love ruining uh, your childhood <laughs> this was my first time actually seeing this like the actual original one because i saw the oh, 2006 really? the really the 2006 version first and i was like i very ignorantly was like there's no way the original could be that good if this was the adaptation and i was young when i saw it so like i had no concept of it and i've known that that was an incorrect way of thinking obviously but i hadn't it was one of those like blind spots like i know what it is i know how it goes i know how it ends obviously so like whatever but then watching this i'm like what is wrong with me like this is such a seminal piece of folk horror because it came out two years after blood on satan's claw which is like considered i think one of the first like folk horror movies Mm -hmm. and this is like so incredibly 70s folk horror and i love 70s folk horror i love the vibes i love the music like we open up in this like seaplane with these beautiful like these weird songs that you're like oh yeah something terrible is about to happen and it's just so (laughs) beautifully shot and the vibes are immediately so unpleasant and like creepy in this movie that the adaptation the Nicolas Cage one that everyone clowns on obviously like the bees and him yelling and him like in a bear suit fighting a <laughs> woman the, and like kicking the lady off the movie. face yes and it's just like it just it's so fascinating how they missed the, how hard they missed the point with the 2006 version and how like this movie is so quintessentially full core and they missed everything that makes it so scary I feel like I haven't watched a 2006 one in a while, but the religious aspect is not there. Like this fear of religion and like fear of God is not in it as much, I feel like at all. Because again, the cop in the Nicholas Cage's character is not a virgin. He's not this like pious cop who is mm. like, I love Jesus. I will like, he gets communion. Cause like we see, we see the cop in this film and the original get communion and he's so dedicated and he's a virgin, which is one of the reasons why they wanted him. You, you watch the, the, the director's cut then with the, with the extended part of the start where he's like, when they yeah. see him in church and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So Terry, you haven't seen the 2006 movie. I have Wicker not Man, seen the right? 2006 which is movie. So, all I know so, about it is bees. That's all I know about it. 
I, 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 because I loved the Wicker Man that much when that film came out, like, I, like, like when I heard about it, I was like, still probably still be, being young and everything. I went, I'm never watching this movie, and I haven't ever. I've never watched it like, like, like you, man. Like, oh, uh, you I, have I, it. Oh, I've only the seen the clips of it. it. Okay. Yep. I've only ever okay. seen the clips of it, and you know, people taking the Mickey out of it, and yeah. Cool. So basically, they try to make it like a matriarchy, and they make it. They try. They there's no Lord Summer Isle. It's well, there's like a what? They try to be like, look, we gender bent it. Look, it's progressive, but it's <laughs> doesn't work at all. Like it just it removes all of what makes the movie so scary and makes it silly, and it's just such a bummer because this movie really is so. Even though, like you, we all know how it ends. It's still so frightening, just in the vibes, like the way that we're seeing the world through his eyes of just so different and so ungodly, at least to him. It's just really yeah. incredible because most of his movies like a police procedural almost, you know. And <laughs> it's just so fascinating and how the, the I was texting Terry before. I'm like, I'm so angry about what they did to this movie. This isn't fair. <laughs> I know, as it's weird that like an old generation for people would have just seen that movie and went, nah, I'm never going to watch the original if it's that, you know, this I is was that almost bad. that person. I was almost that person. And I hate that. So anyone, if you've never seen the original Wicker Man because of 2006 Wicker Man, don't do it. <laughs> I promise you it's worth watching the original. It's so different. Please, I promise. This is my yeah. PSA to everyone who hasn't I've seen got- it. Um, uh, I've got a little connection to 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 the Wicker Man and Anna and the Apocalypse. Ooh, uh, Christopher Laveau, who plays Chris, um, the one yes. who's always filming things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he his grandfather is Robin Hardy, uh, and in his showreel, uh, like at the very start when he's when he's in the classroom breakaway, um, you see like his, his showreel there's a Wicker Man in it, and you know uh, on fire, and that was like our little Northeast oh. grandfather. Um, and because like he knew how much like I loved this film, um, they were clearing out like his grandfather's stuff, and he got me um a a, a copy of like the original shooting script uh for oh, the Wicker Man. So like uh, yeah, that's uh oh my god, that was like that 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 was like a, a real like oh wow, <laughs> this is all came full circle eh? Uh, that's um, fucking awesome. Know. Yeah. That is so, so I've got, cool. I've got all his notes, his director's notes, and all that on it. Um, and it's funny because there's so much of it that was cut out and changed and stuff. Because the original film, as well, I don't know if you knew about this, but there was a fire, um, and the original edits of the film got destroyed, and they had to go back to the the uh, the the other reels or like you know like the the say that they 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 always keep copies in a separate place, and they yeah. had to go back to get the copies and recut the whole film again. And Rob Hardy himself had said that it was never as good as what he cut first. Oh, I didn't know that. that. I didn't That's know insane. that. Yeah. Wow. So this it sounds like this film has kind of been. Uh, do, you, do you have like a huge affinity toward it? I mean, you obviously do. Is this something like, that you revisit like, totally, a lot? Or no, it's not the I'm like you know like you know the, that like people come around and I'm like like sit down. Let me make a cup of tea. Put the wicker man on. <laughs> Um, no, no, it's, it's never anything like that. It's just, it's, it's just one of those films that, like, I, like I always think about when I think about my childhood, or like, you know, like those, you know, as I said, something that sort of, like, really scared me, and you know, it changed my 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 my, my views on ho- like horror and what horror could be and stuff like that. Um, because obviously, like then later on, I'm I'm finding stuff like Christine and um um Carrie and you know like you know like those kind of movies where it's like it isn't exactly like how you would you know like because Carrie does you know it all goes mental on that end and she doesn't live at the end of it after everything that's happened right. to her and do you know what yeah. I mean like you know like mm-hmm. so like 
that that kind of like almost like storytelling of good versus evil and good triumphs over evil just that was like the ch the beginning of that change of you know realizing that there's the, there is all these other stories out there and there are you know the, the goodies don't always win in the end <laughs> goodies are not always that's one of the things i enjoy about doing this podcast is because it, it, a lot of times that movie that is someone's pick is a movie where it makes them realize that oh the stuff that i've been watching before is not like the thing i'm watching now like it is a it's a lot of times it's a change into um i mean not adulthood but like seeing movies in a different light and that seems like this is is kind of what it did to you too it's like it's like that maturity when i it was like probably the first time when you saw something like evil dead and you went hold on like evil dead too but hold on a minute thing this is supposed to be fun this can be funny as well like this is like yeah. you know or like I, I, brain dead. I don't know what you guys call it over there. Peter Jackson's second movie. Like, oh you know, yeah, dead, dead alive. alive or, I think yeah. is what they call it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I kick ass for the Lord. Like you know, I, like oh I was fight that. that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I will never forget my first time watching that movie and getting that part and like, what am I watching? Uh like oh man, the the would you call it the uh, the lawnmower scene? Like, like the lawnmower oh, scene. Oh, I like <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did, did did you grow up in in Scotland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I live in Glasgow, so I've always grown up in uh, Scotland, Glasgow. Um, uh, traveled, but like through through always traveled through work and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like being here. I'm I'm curious what what it was like because um this movie takes place on an island off of Scotland. I I think isn't that correct? How did how was that as a kid? Uh, dealing like seeing that did that kind of bring it closer to home it was because like because i had such like a um a, a love for movies and i was a kind of like i was a drama kid like i'd done acting and stuff like i was never the greatest act like actor like but you know like it was the only ever way to get anything you know we didn't have like mobile phones to make films on or like you know right. there wasn't yeah. that like the only thing about like if you liked films and things like that was to go to like sort of like like, I'm talking about it was like the community thing, you know, it didn't really like wasn't like a, a expensive club or anything like that you get sent to. Um that really taught you to act. They just sort of made a play, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 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 like so we we, we the, I I can't remember what I've had just a total brain fart. What was the question there? Oh, I just that this movie takes place in in on a Scottish yeah. island. And so I was like, it, I was wondering how that was like as and, a kid. And being in Scotland, like we are connected with the whole United Kingdom, and England's a lot bigger than Scotland, so like they've got a bigger like share of like the regional television and like movies oh. and things like. So there's a lot of English sort of movies. There's more English sort of TV shows. So when you find something that's like Scottish, like so like Karen Gillan or like you know James McAvoy, you're like yes, come on, like you know yeah. I can hear that Scottish <laughs> voice in there, and. Um, like so where like that was all that's always kind of like that mentality like when you find somebody that's like in something that's amazing and they're scottish so my mum had that like ha has that mentality you know like well you need to watch mm -hmm. it because there's a good scottish actor in it you know right <laughs> i love that uh, um i do want to talk about not just like the scenes with you know adults having orgies but the incredible <laughs> maypole scene where he's talking about uh seeds and boys and boys uh doing a weird dance around the maypole and this like obviously phallic imagery but also this sexual freedom in the movie that i think is really fascinating and i again is missing in the 2006 one and because it is so it's very sexless and i feel like this movie is the opposite of that which I think is so, yeah. again, like in the 70s, having a movie that is so like sexually open and obviously it's 
made to be bad with through this guy's perspective, but they are the winners after all. And it is just so interesting again in the seventies in a time where, you know, you talk about free love. It's interesting to see such a sexually free movie to all ages and genders. And it's funny again, in a dark kind of fucked up sort of way that in the 2006 version that is completely removed and it's like <laughs> sterilized from what this is supposed to be i mean because it, because of it's the pagan religion and obviously you know you're you're what they're obviously wanting to um they're wanting to put him through like a lot like it's, it's like you know like you know obviously uh, how righteous he's, he has to be and sort of stuff like that so even like the obviously the, the you know like i i grew up catholic and like children talking about sex it's sorry singing and dancing about sex and a man uh-huh. and a woman and a woman and a man and a man and a man and like the girls um, like dancing with their pencils the boys running around outside they're just like sex yeah. phallic symbols it's like yeah. oh my god as a good Catholic kid, no way. <laughs> You're like, you know, oh, that's crazy. But, um, you know, because, it, again, it felt like it was always challenging him, like, and, like you know, um, like, and, and it all ties so well into the twist as well. Like, you know, yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it makes everything so believable because they, have, they haven't ever, like, you know, had, you know, their, their paganism to them. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's all there for you to see. And he, like he like the prophecy that they've foretold has literally he's done it bit by bit by bit. He, they've, they've guided them a little bit, yeah. they've set the traps for him and things like that. But he has followed yeah. them through. Everything that was supposed to happen happens, if that makes sense as well. Ugh. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I love horror movies that have that kind of like existential. Like there was nothing you could have done to prevent it. Yep. That is so scary to me. Like that's one of the reasons why Hereditary is so terrifying to me. It's just like the inevitability of all of it. But yeah. I also love so often in horror still we see young girls are sacrifices, young girls are affected by evil, but it's an older guy and that <laughs> never happens I feel like in horror. So it's really and virginity as a concept is also not often talked about with men, with men. in movies mm-hmm. except for as a joke as like oh, he's a virgin. But I just kind of am obsessed that it's an older pious man who's tricked about and like they use again the innocence of young girls to trick him to come to the island and i just again this movie is so ahead of its time it feels like and what it's trying to accomplish and what it's and how it's creating its fear and i love it and i'm once again just saying again i am so sad that it took me until now to see this movie because it is just so cool in what it's doing with folk horror and how it's establishing the folk horror tropes don't, don't, don't think about it like that like like see, see the, as i say the sort of knowledge that like like the, you've actually experienced that through all of this like like how, how we get to sort of express it and like how, how much you're actually like i love this movie like this is great yeah, yeah. you know like, i finally that's... got to see it and i'm very excited that i finally got to experience it and appreciate it for what it is and understand just how much folk horror as a subgenre has been shaped by this and how i want more like this honestly totally no i i couldn't agree more uh it did do like a like a a, a sequel uh, I, i've never seen it because i was always terrified it was gonna be really bad it's called the wicker tree I was oh. looking at that because he it's got more sci-fi in it because I yep. think he wrote a script. It was supposed to have a very different title, but they changed it to the wicker tree to make it like connect it more. But it had like super weird sci-fi fantasy like tropes or parts oh. of it. Hold on. I was just so, looking at this. Yeah. Friends and friends of mine worked on it and they all like love the wicker man and they're like, don't watch it. <laughs> Fucking watch it. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it was it was initially called the sh- it was um Written by Anthony Schaefer, who wrote 
the Ripper Man is called it was called the Loathsome Lambden Worm. <laughs> and it was supposed to be a direct oh. sequel of fantasy um elements. Huh. Okay. Uh oh no, hold on. Yeah, he wrote that and then um it was a spiritual sequel from the Wicker Tree. Gotcha. Yeah. One of the things that, because we, we talked about how, like, Mary Beth, you mentioned the inevitability of this. But what I love on this watch, because this is only the second time I've watched it. I watched it for the first time, like, in 2019, according to Letterboxd. And then this would be the second time I've, I've ever watched it. And what I loved on this watch, well, first of all, I forgot that it's basically a musical. Like, every time I, I've seen this, yeah, I'm like, I oh, I didn't know this was, <laughs> like, a musical <laughs> horror movie. But um, the other thing is, is that there is an inevitability to it. But at every single stopping point they give him an out they're like you should stay the night you should sleep you should not leave your room they try to put that severed hand in his room to make him fall asleep they tell him you should go you should not be here on may day every single moment along this way they are trying to basically say hey this is your free will for your being here we want you to leave we don't want you to be involved with this we want you to stay home we want you to do all of this and he at every moment just keeps pushing it forward. And so I love that. Yes, there is a sense of like a net tightening, tightening around him, but it's one of his own making the entire time. And I just think that is so yeah. fascinating the way the script unfolds in that way. I know you're so right. Dude. You know, there is like, like literally like the, the, um, the landlord's daughter, like, yes. like literally next door singing to him as well. And like, there was thinking about that as well. Cause they don't use her voice, so she's a Swedish um, like model and actress. So, and they dub oh. her over completely through the movie. And also, I was wondering, she's, she's pre- I think they, they do. I don't know if it was when they were doing reshoots or something, but she was pregnant. So, like the whole like against the wall, the top part is her, but the lower part isn't her. <laughs> they put somebody else in for that as well. Oh, so wow. it's like this, this weird whole weird part to it. Yeah. Wow. This movie, the more I talk about this movie, the more I'm like, what a weird, weird thing to exist. I know when, you, when you're sitting there thinking, like, like actually about that whole section, it's like, yeah, bananas. That that whole scene, the first time I watched that, I was like, what is even happening at this point? Because <laughs> it again, I was not expecting this to be such a, a musical thing. And then we basically have her singing and writhing against the wall, and he's like, try it's almost like a siren's call, right? Where he's like trying to like resist. He's like, I can't, I can't do it, I can't. But I I love on this watch, I love that push and pull of that. But the first time I watched it, I will be honest, I was like, what is even happening in this movie <laughs> right now? <laughs> it's so wild. Should, should I keep watching this movie? <laughs> should I keep watching this? <laughs> well, and like, they have the, I love, I love the legend of the green man. I love movies that talk about the green man. So it was the green man what's in, green I got man? very, ex- what's the green man? Yeah. I'm not aware okay. of this. Okay, so hold on. Let me pull up some stuff to make sure I'm describing it correctly because it's I, like I did think it's funny that watching as you're doing this that the Green Man in it, it was giving me. I mean, obviously before, but it was giving me um, American Werewolf in London vibes where they go to the pub and they walk. They oh have like yeah. A, they walk. There's like a sign that that is also I forget what the sign is in that movie, but they walk in and everyone stops and stares at them. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they he pulled that from this because this has down to the T sort of a very similar opening of going into this pub. The pub has this kind of creepy signage. It goes inside and everyone just stops what they're doing and stares. And I just, I don't know. I loved it. Those are, so um, uh, John Landis spoke about when he, when he kind of came up with the, that, like a, a lot of that, it was inspired. They were shooting somewhere. I think it was in, room. it might've been in Romania or something. And they were on this, uh, a, a drive and the, um, 
uh, the car, like um, like I can't remember, I don't know if it broke down or something, but they were the side of the road and they were witnessing, they were sitting next to like a gypsy funeral and they were burying the coffin this way oh, so that mm-hmm. they can't get Vertically. out. You know, and it was him. Oh. They were sort of like stuck by the roadside, like with this sort of story of like, you know, this gypsy funeral going on. And, you know, he was like, oh, you know, would, obviously you would bury them that way. Like, because they're obviously that way they're going to get out. And uh, because he was there with his friend and they were on the road, that's where that all whole thing came from. Wow. Yeah. So the Green Man, too, is like this, it's a folklore, it's a folklorish, um, figure that you see like you see like the foliage head in a lot of um in a lot of architecture in England and in the UK and it's also like it's it's not super specific because I think it's been around for so long that it kind of like varies from person to person but it's pretty often especially in horror seen as like a pagan symbol a pagan like have you seen men Terry Terry did you see men Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he's the he like there's the green man's in that and it's kind of like oh, okay. some think he's a fertility symbol, but it's generally like the green man is often a very kind of like wide representation of like folk horror paganism stuff in like the UK. That's a very, very TLDR, not super like <laughs> research description, but again, it's a folkloric figure that you see a lot in architecture and t- typically is like a pagan representation. Like people sometimes think Peter Pan or Robin Hood are green men like archetypes, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, like the Green Knight, okay. um, especially if you see, if you saw um, the Green oh, the Knight, Green the A24 movie. Yeah, like it's the, class. Yeah, the Green Knight, uh, that's supposed to be like a Green Man uh, variation. So that kind of thing. It's a very kind of like basic folkloric concept that is used a lot. Okay, cool. Huh. It's not aware of yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's really know. cool. I got really into it when I when I lived in England for a little bit. I was like really into the Green Man folklore, and I think the folk like folklore in England and the UK is so interesting to me, and it's so ancient and weird, and there's just like so much history. And while I am not, I don't think there's like the Green Man is real. I just think it's so cool, like the folkloric traditions and like mm-hmm. what it represents is just neat. So, yeah. Huh. I love the the visual language in this film, though the way that it kind of plays with both the viewer and um, Howie, the, the main character. There's the the moment when he's in the, in the classroom and there's that empty desk, right? And he opens it and what's in there is like a, a nail or a screw in the desk. And there's this little <laughs> beetle attached to a string. And they like, he just keeps going around in circles until he gets stuck. And I'm like, a metaphor for what's going on with this guy, right? Like he is <laughs> literally again, going around and around in circles. Weird inevitability stuff. <laughs> they know that the beetle's going to go in one direction, but if they would go in the other direction, he, you know, he would stop. Or if he didn't, you know, keep trying to press against this, he'd be free. And that's the same thing that happens, of course, with with uh, with Howie. And I love that. I know, like, like as you said, there's all, all these sort of uh, like nods to what's what's going to happen, or like the you know the, of what what they're actually doing. It's like uh, Ari Aster does it like right at the start of um oh what's the the midsummer midsummer you know how at the very start of midsummer like the very start of it it literally shows you he just pans across yep. that like the the, uh, the artwork and it literally shows you the whole story. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love, I that. love that. I also. Watching this, I was, I, I watching it this time because um, I think I watched the watched it for the first time before Midsummer came out. So watching this after seeing Midsummer, it's like wow, I can really see where Ari Aster was pulling from, and I can see how important this text was for a lot of full core, particularly um, European full core set over there um, across the sea from us. But it's 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 wild to me to see 
this movie takes place majority at, at during the day. Like there's a couple night scenes, but it's it's bright horror for the most part, just like Midsummer is. Yep. Uh, there's, there's not that many night scenes, you know. No, no. Are you so do you like folk horror, John? Like, is that is that a genre like you find yourself drawn to at all? Or is it mostly and not as much? No, like I, I, I like horror. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, what kind of like where, where it sets. Like, you know, like yeah. I, I, I just love horror. I, I just love movies. Like, so um, it oh, doesn't yeah. really sort of matter where something sets. Usually, someone recommends something to me. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll always, I'll, I'll always watch it. And like my, my, my best friend, like my, my, my ideal boys weekend is I go up to my, my mate's house and we sit and watch horror movies and play video games and drink milkshakes. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like that that, sounds that's incredible. like uh, uh, wow. that's just my my happy place so um like because i love like really bad horror as well like like halloween 3 is like the best the second best halloween but you know i mean like uh, like i love films okay, halloween like 3 rules i will hear no slander against halloween 3 <laughs> exactly exactly so there you go um i mean i've got the action figures and everything hell yeah <laughs> um, so it, it doesn't really matter you know where it sits uh I, it's always about the characters for me like if i think if like like and it's same with movies i pick as well like i, I want to make it's always about the characters journey i don't care what genre that sits in if, if, I, if I love these characters and i want to tell the story and, and want to put these these characters through this story then then i'm all for it and yeah it's kind of what attracts me this this might sound weird but like the one note i took as i was watching it this time i mean it took plenty of notes but one of the notes i took was um how much <laughs> Howie reminds me of um, Republican senators in the United States, particularly like I was thinking this guy is like literally Ron DeSantis because he is coming into a place where he is trying to exert his Christianity on and these people have nothing for it. And he is continually trying to deal with matters of which he has no understanding of. And there was like this line that I think May tells him where she she's literally says, stop interfering with things that are of no concern of yours. And I keep thinking, man, this is like politicians today trying to insert themselves in how everyone handles everything about themselves. And I just it just kind of made me laugh as I was watching this movie this time, because, again, I think that if I saw this as a kid, I would think that he is the hero. But like as an adult now, it's so much more complicated. And I I just I by the end of it, I am just like, yeah, you really are the fool in all of this. Like it just I don't know. I it's it's weird how. It's weird how you can like change how you interact with the story, and I'm I'm curious if anyone else has has like a similar experience like with this, and with this movie of like the right and wrong, good and evil. Yeah. Where like as a kid, it'd be bi- more bi- binary. Yeah, I I obviously I think, didn't, a lot I think there's a lot of like the you know like subtext and stuff that's going to always go over your head as a kid. Like you know mm-hmm. you're not really going to understand and get. And like you know I suppose like it's always the joy about going back and watching movies that you've watched as a kid and sort of like re-experience them. Sometimes you know make, it ruins them a little bit, but other times you know there's particularly like more your favorite ones. You, you start to sort of almost like scratch under the surface of them and find more uh, more parts to it, more parts of the story or like other character moments or beats that you missed. Yeah. Also, we have to talk about Christopher Lee. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Duh, how have we not talked about Lord Summer Isle yet? Oh, my God. How could we not? Who, even though he has like a ridiculous wig, I still feel like, <laughs> man, this man is very attractive. <laughs> He's so hot. And apparently he thinks this is his best performance. Out of like all of the movies he's been in, I mean, he's really good in it. He's so I'm good in so, it. He's so good. Chris, Christopher Lee is a gift to this earth. But I love that he is like Lord Summer Isle, and he has this like Lord Summer Isle one. What a folk horror name! Folk horror name. Incredible right. that that's his name. <laughs> 
but then the fact that he comes out in this like wig and outfit and you it's out of context it is so silly but like in the film it's still pretty creepy like again it's it's silly but there's something about it that is creepier than when you just see like a picture of him or a gif of him like running around with like this i think he's a sickle yep Mm -hmm. yeah and i i will say i had a friend uh brother ghoulish friend of the show ryan kenny dressed up as lord summer isle and that outfit at a halloween party once and it was the best costume at the entire event because <laughs> he had the That's full like, party city wig like full outfit it was so good oh my god but what an iconic villain that whole like see see when they're singing and it's him like like right at the, the it's like the last thing you're leaving with and it's him and he's like absolutely throwing his arms and getting right into like the and yeah um and you know as i see you're kind of left haunted and if you think about him when he first arrives at the um uh the island of how different he sort of comes across or when he first meets uh lord summer Isle. yeah like and then that to you know that black wig and that dress and you know as i say swinging his arms and singing and like you know just reveling in it you know aye. well and like i said villain but at the same time like he it, it, when it boils down to it, he's just trying to make sure their crops keep growing. You know what I mean? Like, no, don't murder. Like, don't set a man on fire. I'm not saying that you should do that. But, like, <laughs> the motivations he has are, like, trying to help his people in a way. And it's, it's, it is an interesting thing of, like, yeah, you shouldn't have set him on fire. But his his goal was to keep them living like thriving as a community and wanting to maintain that history which is also really fascinating in terms of like continuing the past and all that stuff but i think it's it's so much more complex again as you get older watching it it's like it's not just that he's a bad guy it's like things have to be done to keep the status quo and like that in and of itself is a really fascinating topic of like keeping things going the way they should be through less than savory means yeah I, oh god, I he's also, so cute. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I was looking at pictures. I'm just looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but but John, one of the things you said about when when he is like he is swinging his arms and and everyone is so into the song, I love that kind of juxtaposition and dichotomy between them joyously singing while Howie is literally praying to his god to not get, you know, burned alive. And so I love that kind of that, that tension that it creates of, of them being all joyous that this is he's going to save us and he is like i am going to be burned alive i just i, I love that and it's, it's very haunting to see no you're right it's like it's like you know it it really does even watching it again you know like you know we're watching it back and you know, i don't think i'll ever not be haunted by it um um and and you know and, and and like you know like you will say mary beth like about um you know like is he actually a villain i mean like the Walking Dead, like Rick and his gang have done worse than 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 Lord Summerisle could ever think about, and you know, yeah, exactly. Heroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's true though. It is really interesting. Like, but yeah, yeah. Well, do we want to wrap up and give this our rating out of five? It sounds Since our good. Our time is nearing an end. Yeah. All right, Terry. Uh, you are up first. How many Christopher Lee wigs out of five do you give the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man? Man, I'll tell you, the first time I watched this, I definitely gave it like a three and a half or a four because I was like, I don't know how to think about this. But this watch just cemented how iconic this movie is. And I think being able to see it as a as like kind of seeing the influence it has over the full core and seeing how fun it is, how it's playing with um, art 
our basic idea of what is good and what is evil and going through all of that. I just, I, it surprised the hell out of me how much I think this movie is, is a masterpiece. So for me, it's, it's five Christopher Lee wigs, uh, his glorious wigs. But what about you, Mary Beth? It's gotta be a five for me too. I'm so glad I finally watched it. I'm so glad I finally fully understand it. This movie feels so ahead of its time. I love how naked everybody is without it being too much of a spectacle. And again, like, I think we have entered an era where we're a bit more puritanical about our cinema than I like. And I, between watching this and then at um, Fantastic Fest scene, the Caligula, like the the restored Caligula cut, I just want to see more nudity and like embracing (laughs) like horniness in movie and horror movies like this in a way that is not just for spectacle, but like in a really fascinating way. So I love what this movie does. It's a five for me. John, you have the final word. How many Christopher Lee wigs out of five do you give the Wicker Man? Oh, I, I'm I'm biased. I was always going to give this five wigs. Uh, I figured. <laughs> wigs me out, baby. <laughs> All right, we're done. Goodbye. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> yes, that was a mic drop moment for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much, John, for joining us to talk about the Wicker Man. Where can our listeners find you online and? The floor is yours to to plug away. I, I I'm not I'm not usually on your so, social media like you know um I, I've been Twitter like a year ago <laughs> it, was, it was just getting a bit too toxic for me I was like nah yeah. that's um, fair and uh, I so I'm like I, I, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram like I, like I always sort of like you know you know hearing like you know with you know folk in this, the industry horror fans and all that are sort of like up to and what you are sort of doing as well so um um just send us a be friend request i'm there at, at worry and drake so cool awesome well listeners you've heard from us we want to hear from you what was your experience with the original wicker man from 1973 you can send us an email at scarred at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on twitter i am at mb mcandrews and i'm at gaily dreadful and we are the same on blue sky as well yep and don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast, on Instagram and Blue Sky at Scarred for Life Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And if you want to help support us, we do have a Patreon. We sure do. Uh, well, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?